Joshua chapter 1, if you all stand up on your feet with me. I have preached uh, in the, my 12 years of being here, about 12 years, almost 12 years. I've preached from this book uh, two times. I think this will be my third. And I just kept hearing from the Lord, crossing over rivers and taking cities. I, I, every time I would wake up over the past three or four weeks, not every time, 80% of the time, I'd wake up and I hear the Lord say, you're crossing over rivers and you're taking cities. You're crossing over rivers and you're taking cities. I'm like, amen, Lord, we're going to cross over the river. We're going to take the cities. And so I start a new series this morning called Crossing Rivers and Taking Cities. Joshua chapter 1, if you're all there, say amen. amen. Joshua chapter 1, and we're going to start right in verse 1. This beautiful series from a city taking, land-taking, strategic text. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord. Oh, I'm going to go to NIV. I'm so sorry. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the river Jordan into the land I'm about to give them. And to the Israelites, I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert of Lebanon, from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country, to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Say that with me. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you'll be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Gracious Heavenly Father, thank you for what you've done now in the moments that remain in this service, I pray. Give us living understanding, say what you want to say, and do what you want to do. For the glory of God, in the name of Jesus, amen. You may be seated. We do have notes for you, and those can be also received through the app for those of you that have that. We're in a new, a new time. It's a new season, Nissan 1, new season in the Lord. It's a new season in our church. We just received our $7 million loan. And we are starting the building of our project. We signed the steel contract, signed the general contract. It's on. And in the process of signing that, as I was weeping, the Lord just spoke to me and said, man, it's an all-new day and it's an all-new game. And I knew what that meant. There is a fight for whatever reason, a fight over land in, in the kingdom. There is something about owning property. Now, you're going to have people that might argue this, 
But if you'll look in the Old Testament as well as in the New, there's something about land. There's something about owning land. And if there's any man in this place, and of course women too, but I can only give you the perspective of, of, of my perspective as a man. When I finally bought my piece of land, I don't own it outright. I'm, me and the bank own it. One day I'll have a mortgage burning. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. But when I got my land, and if you, some of you remember when you first got your piece of land and first got your house, dude, I stood on that land and was like, you know that's right, I got some land. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Got one person that's going to say amen. There's something about land. In the Old Testament, there's a great battle over land. There's something about the kingdom of God and owning land. And the devil fights so hard when it comes to land for the kingdom. You see, the statement of our building being right there at the gateway of Wasilla is a glory to God statement. It's a statement that we're here until Jesus comes. We're not leaving. Now, I'm all glad for schools. We'll use them and all of that. But we want to sink our teeth into something to say we're not leaving. From generation to generation, we will build the kingdom and raise up, a, raise up the next generation and the next generation after that. That's what this building is. It's really a beautiful statement. The glory. Who, who else could give a building in the best piece of commercial real estate? I've had, I've had builders curse at me because they didn't get the deal we got. Only God could have given us the land back that we originally owned from Harold Newcomb, who's now in heaven. There's a battle. There are always wars and battles when it comes to bringing the kingdom. The kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by, by force. So write in your notes now. Wars and battles. Now the, the, the war is the, the ultimately the entire thing. Wars are made of many battles. Wars and battles are inevitable. You're going to be, you're going to, you're in a fight now. Some of you realize that. Maybe you're contending for your marriage to be healed. Maybe you're fighting for your kids to come home. Maybe, maybe you're contending for custody or something like that. Maybe, maybe, you're, maybe you're fighting so that you could see more finances released so you can take better care of your, of your family or, or to be able to pay your rent or, or to pay your mortgage. Maybe, maybe you're believing God or fighting so you can have some emotional healing of the grief that you've gone through for years or the torment. I think everyone here has, knows somebody that's in bondage to drug addiction. There's a great battle over souls. Heroin is an epidemic. And crystal meth. It's the power of God that will overtake all of that. And it's the power of God that will help us with our building. It's the power of God that will help us reach this state. It's the power of God, the kingdom of God, that will help us reach the lost. You know, when God's power comes on you, you might think that you're timid, but you can become somebody else. I will never forget. My wife is... Um, I wouldn't call her timid. She's um, uh, more cautious. Unless you cross the line. And if you cross the line, girlfriend is far from cautious. Now, most people don't know this, but she's, a, she's not here, so I'm going to brag on her. She's a black belt in taekwondo. That wasn't so good for me when we were first dating. And, you know, <laughs> you know the little courting thing, and you start tickling, and you like, kind of wrestle around. Yeah, no, it wasn't good. We like hitting hitting pressure points and stuff. I'm like, hey, you know, it wasn't fun. And I could tell you all kinds of stories, but I, I remember this one time. She was really afraid of this gentleman that I was witnessing to and ministering to. He had, he had a meth addiction, and he was 
the guy was, you know, he was really scary. And if he was high, he was really, really, really scary. So I'm trying to lead him to Christ, and I led him to the Lord. And I took a trip, and uh, the guy decided to come to my house. He came to my house, and Hannah is in a crib. That's how young she was. Pastor Karen answers the door, and this young man had a big knife, a big knife, like, like a, a big, big knife, and it was, it was behind his arm. Do you know what I mean? If you took a knife like this and you put it along your forearm, it was behind his arm like that. And he knocked on my door. To, to come and talk to me, and he was totally high, out of his mind. He had rage all over his face. And so my, my wife answers the door, sees him, and he, he's just contorting, and she sees the knife. And she just, you know what I mean, what are you going to do? Are you going to run? Are you going to scream? I mean, maybe you would, but she was full of the Spirit. She had been praying all day. She was full of God. And when this man is contorting, possibly coming to hurt someone, she just rose up in this fiery anointing, said, in the name of Jesus, I take her. She laid hands on the boy, comes out onto the porch. He starts crying. He drops his knife and gets touched by the Lord. Listen, no matter what battle or, or, or war, the war, the battle that you're in, it's inevitable. But you're going to have to get God's plan. You're going to have to get a strategy. So today's message is called the preparation. As we look at the entirety of the book of Joshua in a brand new series, Crossing Rivers, Taking Cities. It says right here, and we'll, just go, we'll go down verse, verse by verse, pretty much. Moses, my servant, is dead. He's talking to Joshua, which is interesting. God's talking to him directly. He's not hearing from the Lord by the Urim and the Thurim. He's hearing directly by God talking to him. And he says, Moses, my servant, is dead. Which, if you think about that, it's sort of like, duh, no kidding, Lord. Well, I've said so many times before, if God's telling you something you think you already know, he's telling you something else. See, Moses is not only dead. Josh, you're being promoted. Moses, my servant, is dead. And that had to be a terrifying thing. In fact, by the fact that he says, by the fact that he says three times, be strong and very courageous, three times, you get the idea that this young lad, this Joshua, is terrified, scared. I mean, why would God say that to him three times if he wasn't a little nervous about his new leadership position? Moses, my servant, is dead. Moses, fairly anointed, brought down Egypt with a stick. Strongest nation in the world. The stick of God. The rod of God. Water from a rock. I mean, Moses is a very anointed, most humble man, and he's taking his place. Pretty, pretty intimidating. You know, before you're going to transition to new places, God will many times raise up a new leadership mantle for you on your own life. Moses forfeited going into the promised land because of an unhealed hurt, I believe, at Kadesh Barnea. He struck the rock instead of spoke to it. And as a result, God, God disqualified. And some of you might not like this, and it's not popular to teach in, in, in some circles because we just want to hear a nice, fluffy, happy message. But I'm going to tell you something. You can forfeit stuff. And you say, well, God will give me a second chance. Yeah, you might have a second chance at heaven, but you might not see the, the breakthrough in the way that the Lord wanted to use you originally. Yeah, yeah, he'll redeem the time. Yes, he can turn things around what the devil meant for good. God, you know, God works all things together for the good. Yes, but the perfect plan was for them all to go in 40 years prior. 
And th- those that presumed on God and said after, the, after the, the, they came back and spread a bad report 40 years before this, those that said, you know what, we changed our mind. You go and read this in, in, the, uh, in the Exodus. They said, we changed our mind. Uh, we're going to go into the promised land. And, and Moses said, you can't go in now. now. You could go in yesterday, but you can't go in. No, no, no. We're, the Lord's with us. He said, no, the Lord ain't with you now. No, 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 we want to go in. No, well, he's not with you, so don't do it. Well, they, all, they just went in, and they all got killed. Wow. The difference between presumption and faith. Presumption is presuming that God said it. Faith is what God said. What did God say? When, when you act on what God said, then you have miracles. If you presume on him, you have destruction. That's just bonus. That's not on your notes. But just because there is a war, just because you're in a battle, it doesn't mean you can't have victory. And, and it's kind of cliche, but if you read the back of the book, we already won. So for the believer, for the Christian, for those who were born again, we actually fight from a place of victory, which is different than fighting for victory. You already have it. You're enforcing it. It's a big difference. Big, big difference. See, I believe the battle that you're in today, the battle that we're in today as a church, building this building and moving forward and reaching the lost, there's always a fight on for the lost. And listen, make note, but don't misunderstand anything I'm saying. The vision of this church is not about building the, ch- the church building. The church building is a tool. The vision is to reach the lost. Don't, don't confuse the two. Amen. We're going to reach the lost. We're going to plant more churches. This won't be the last building we'll build. It just happens to be one of them. I believe the battle we're in or we're facing today is a springboard. It's a springboard to, to push you into your future. The frustration that you're currently experiencing is to affect change in your life. The battle that you're experiencing now when you have victory, you've gained ground. You'll have a breakthrough. So just because you're feeling like you're in the midst of, you know, of the white hot, you're in the fray, it's to promote you. God, God doesn't lead us into things that, you, that we're not supposed to have victory over. We're supposed to walk in victory. So they're on the the, the brink of fulfilling the promise of God, they're on the brink of fulfilling it. And for us in application, the, the brink of fulfilling it for them as God's talking to Joshua, and, 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 I, and I imagine this, you hear this, God's talking to him. Yeah, you're going into the promised land as Joshua would look over his shoulder. What's that? Oh, that's the Jordan. Yes, it's at flood stage, totally impossible. But anyway, you're going in tomorrow. I mean, we're going we're to look at it. Kind of crazy God would call you to do something that's totally impossible, and he's not scared by it. He's not even nervous by it. As he tells Joshua, you're now in charge. The land on the other side of the Jordan represents for you, represents for me individually, for our families corporately as a community of believers For the body of Christ, the land on the other side of the Jordan represents all that God has spoken to you. It represents the fullness of your healing. It represents the breakthrough for your marriage, for your kids. It represents everything that God has spoken to you. That's what it means. I'm going to tell you something. For me and my house, I'm going to the other side. How about you? You going to go over? I'm going over the other side. I'm going to cross rivers and take cities all my life. I'm going to live to 120, preaching and praying and prophesying. I'm going to fulfill everything that God said for me and my family. That's how I feel. You said, do you have to be so passionate about it? I'm going to tell you something. Limp-wristed fish don't get anything done for the kingdom. You don't got some fire on the inside of you. You ain't going to get anything done.
My son played basketball over this last season and uh, really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed watching him. And I enjoyed watching some of the other players too. What do you mean the other ones? I, I, enjoyed, I enjoyed watching you, Jaden. I, I, enjoyed, I enjoyed watching Connor. I, I enjoyed watching the guys and different ones that are getting their skills together. One of the things I really enjoyed about Jaden, can I pick on you? I'm going to anyway, so all right, praise God. He's Mr. 150% all day long from, 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 the, from jump ball till it's over. It's everything he's got. All the time, pure hustle, never stopping to the point of his own possible physical harm. It's an intensity. Love watching your son. Skills are coming up. There's an intensity about him. When he's pumped up, it's scary, man. There you are. I mean, that, 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 that intensity is just, is really a beautiful thing to see. To watch him guard. Bah! I mean, you just don't know what's going to happen. Where's the intensity in the kingdom? Where is it? Okay, you're looking at something. Yeah, you are. You are. I'm intense. Yeah. I was preaching in Eagle River last Tuesday, and my son put across his phone, chill. I was like, ah! Nah. chill do you think Joshua was? How chill do you think it's going to be for you to actually get your family back, get your, get your stuff back? Come on. See people saved. See people healed. See people delivered. Chill never did anything. Oh, there's time to relax. But it ain't now. All right. How to, how to get ready to cross over river and take cities. There's three things I see here in the text, well, the first one, an intro to that, is that Joshua, the son of Nun, so God's speaking to Joshua, the son of, son of Nun. There is a relationship that Joshua had with his father that he's constantly called the son of Nun. It's a great compliment to Mr. Nun. See, there's something about Joshua's father it put something in Joshua. It wasn't just Joshua's choosing, although Joshua could had, had the ability to choose. We all do. It's called the glory of man. The way that you relate to your kids, man or woman, will put something in them. I don't know what you're putting in your kids, but I'm trying to raise a Joshua. A Joshua Et, my daughter. What a great compliment, son of none. It's a picture of being in right relationship. It's a picture of family order. And, and it's not only right relationship with in that way, because how many of you know there's some absentee fathers, and maybe you didn't have a father, maybe you don't know who your father is. What I love about the church is that, healthy churches, is that you can come into the house of God and find a new dad. You can find a new mom. What do you mean by that? You can find somebody who will take you underneath their wing, if I could use that terminology, and begin to teach you, to mentor you, to help you. If you're a single mom or a single dad, you best be bringing your kids and get them plugged in or somebody else is going to parent them like, the, like, the, like at the high school. I'm not knocking the high school, but, but maybe I will knock it. 
You have people spending six and seven hours with someone who's a pervert, maybe, or, or maybe they am I getting myself in trouble? My wife's not here, so. So, you know, when your kids come home every day from school, Christian school included, I don't know where they go to school. You got to break defilement off of your kid. You got to make sure what's on their phone is not polluting them. You got to, you know, you ought to have Snapchat so you can watch their Snapchat. Some of you don't even know what a Snapchat is. I've had to force myself into some of those things so I can stalk them. Amen. <laughs> Lovingly. And they're friends. Oh, trust but verify. <laughs> yeah. Joshua was in right relationship with his leader, Moses. Now Moses is dead. He's in right relationship with God. There's a submission to authority. There's an understanding. Listen, without understanding of, of structural authority, you'll never have real spiritual authority. Well, you might think you do, but you don't. So the first thing, three things, keep your vision clear. What, we're crossing over, going into a new place, going to go to the other side, going to fulfill vision, going to fulfill the dream, going to cross over rivers, and we're going to take cities. How do you do that? In preparation, number one, or A, keep your vision clear. Verse 4 says, your territory will extend from the desert of Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates. Does this sound familiar to anyone? It should sound familiar to those who have read through the Old Testament and understand this is the same thing he said to Abraham. It's the same thing he said to, to, to Isaac. It's the same thing he said to Jacob. It's the promise. It's the promise that's multi-generational. And so God says to him the same thing he said. This is the vision. And I, 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 I read that and I'm like, man, that's, that's like right where we're at. The vision God's constantly reminding you is about souls. It's about nations. Just keep it before you. What's it all about? It's about souls. It's about nations. It's about making leaders. It's about making disciples. It's about, it's about bringing the kingdom of God, the power of God, healing, miracles, signs, wonders. You have to keep the vision for your life before you. Listen, if your family doesn't have a vision, I would strongly advise that you get together with the Lord. Whether you're a single parent or you've been married for years, Maybe your kids are out of the house. It's not too late to come up with a vision for what your life is about now, from now till, till your life is over. And you, you sit down and you make a plan. These are some of the dreams. The world calls it a bucket list. I don't think it's so much about doing things like I jumped out of an airplane. But what's your life about? I mean, what, what's the purpose of your life? What actually is your purpose? Most people don't have purpose. What, what's God, what does God want to do through you? There could be a hope and a dream of, 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 of doing things or traveling or doing things for the Lord. And, and if you don't have a vision, then you're not going to be able to prioritize your life right. You see, vision is, is at the head, and then after that, you have priorities, and your priorities order your time. See, if you're doing a whole bunch of things that don't line up with the vision that you have for your life, for your family, for your business, then you're not going to fulfill it. He tells them, you know, every place the sole of your foot treads shall be yours. Does that sound familiar? Yeah. It's a, it's a repeat of everything he said to the patriarchs before him. So when you're, you're preparing to go over into the promise, 
you must remind yourself of what your life is all about. You must remind yourself of what the vision is all about. And if you don't, then you'll be aimless. We've got enough aimless Christians walking around. God's goal for you is not for you to be comfortable. He's come to comfort the afflicted and to afflict the comfortable in this hour. Yes, Moses is dead, but his word, God's word is still sure and true. Let heaven and earth pass away, but my word will remain forever. Wow. Remind yourself of God's promises, verse 5. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life as I was with Moses. So I'll be with you. As I was with Moses, so I'll be with you. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. This multi-generational promise. And I, I can see Joshua with the roaring river behind him. Well, we came across the Red Sea. Ooh, we guess we're going across that. As I was with Moses. So I'll with you. Come on. Let's do it. I mean, I, I had to be motivated. God himself is speaking to you. Don't worry about the rushing river that's impossible to cross with all your little ones. I'm going to do it just like I did it with Moses. I'm going to do it with you. I'll never leave you, never forsake you. How encouraging. you got to remind yourself of God's promise. Understand and know who you are. Who are you? You know, I've had many opportunities in my life to just want to quit. Want to throw in the towel. But I, but I had vision in my family, even though, even though it wasn't an on-fire, spirit-filled Christian home that I grew up in. There was God-fearing. It was a God-fearing home. And my father, being a Marine and a lawyer, put some things in us that I think saved my life. He said, what are they? Well, he said this. He said, brackets never quit. You understand me? Say it. Brackets never quit. Yes, Dad. Brackens, I think I, I think it was in the womb I heard Brackens don't quit. That's my last name, Brackens don't quit. Bra yeah, I think it goes Brackens hyphen don't quit. So I will tell you, there's times when I'm on the mat and my, I'm being pinned by some behemoth in a wrestling tournament. And I can't, and, I, and it's like dislocating my shoulder. I'm in such pain and would come, it would be like Brackens don't quit. Ah! And you know something would happen. Because in me, it was that, and so guess what I passed on to my, my, my family, my kids. Come on, Daniel, where are you? Brackens don't. That's right. It's a four-letter curse word. Don't ever use it. Just don't quit. Don't know how to quit. I've had times where I wanted to quit. The vision, you got to put it in your life, and you got to remind yourself of the promise that God's going to bring you through. God's going to do it. God's going to provide. God's going to heal. God's going to turn it all around. God's going to, you have to remind yourself of that, and you have to speak it forth, especially in times of heavy battle, especially in times of warfare. No one will be able to stand against you. My goodness. I have in my home, on purpose, a large framed picture of my family tree, a portion of it. And if you come into my house and you look over my fireplace, you see, you see this work of art. You're not quite sure what it is until you get a little bit closer. And then even when you get really all up on it, you need a magnifying glass to look at all the thousands of names that are on there. Now, I've got that on my wall for a reason. What reason is it? It's to remind me and to remind my son and to remind my daughter and to remind my wife 
and all of hell itself that this house, my house, will serve God. And that we come from a line of people that serve God. And that's not, a, don't get all weird about that. If you don't, make, it, make your line start today. You serve God and pass that on to the next generation. And there's prayers that have gone before that I believe I'm walking in. A favor. Come on, you've got to remind yourself of what God's word is to you. Number three, or C, be strong and courageous three times. In Hebrew, the strength and courage, they, 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 they come together. You see, when God's with you, it releases strength. I remember, I hope you don't mind, I'm going to pick on the Vincents for a second. I remember a basketball game that Pastor Vince was out visiting, but he made time in his schedule to come see his boy play. And Andre was on the on the court, and he's intense. I told you, Andre's an intense basketball player. But when Dad showed up, there's a whole nother level of intensity. It was just kind of like, yeah, when Dad's here, man, it's like, we're going we're gonna to slam dunk that thing. Something's going to happen. You know, it's just like, does anybody know what I'm talking about? I remember my dad used to come watch me play. I played better. Oh, yeah. I had courage, I had strength, because I just wanted my dad to grab me behind my neck and pull me and said, man, I'm proud of you. I lived for that. And you know what all sons do? Especially if you don't have it. It's called a father wound. You can't, you, you can't, you can't lead some army if you're wounded in, in, in the place of the father. You need healing. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. Strength and courage, they come together and, and especially related uh, when you know that the Lord's with you and you're doing his will. You're going to affect others, verse 6. You're going to affect others. There's, there's times when things are difficult, and if you cave into the depression, you cave into giving up, then you're going to affect a whole bunch of other people that are watching, especially your family and those that are closest to you. Bad company corrupts good character. You've heard of that scripture. Well, what does good company do? Good company can, can release an, an anointing to be better, right? I mean, I don't know else I would say that. I've shared this story before, but the, the, the greatest time of fear that I've had fear jump on me from somebody else, in other words, their fear and their discouragement jumped on me. I didn't have it, but when I spent time with them and it got on me, it was this story. It was in Hawaii, and there is this, these aqueducts. The water goes through... Uh, well, we would call a mountain, but it's really a hill. It's not like Pioneer Peak or anything. And it's, it's a hill, and it goes in one side, and about a quarter of a mile kind of comes out the other side. So I took a plate, you know, and, and some piece of wood. I forget what it was. And we put it in the one side, and we ran all the way a quarter mile, and we wait for, the, wait for it to come out. And eventually, we're like, oh, it's, it's not coming. It just took way too long. And then, boom, there's the stick. Okay, so it goes all the way through. The, it goes all the way through. So... I thought, brilliant idea, I'm going to get on a boogie board. You know what that is? I'm going to get on a board, and I'm going to float through the mountain. <laughs> Sounds like fun when you're 23 years old, whatever. Amen? So I'm about to jump in. To, I don't know, I was 23, 24 years old. So I'm going to jump in. I'm going to go through, and there's a 17-year-old kid, 16, 17-year-old, and he's like, I'm going to go with you. I'm like, all right, let's do it. I was a little bit nervous. I thought some, you know, someone coming with me would be great. 
So we started floating through, and there's, there's all kinds of spider webs getting in your face, and it's a little creepy because it's dark, and the sound of this tunnel kinds of get louder and louder. And I just kept turning around, and I would see the little, the little dot of the door, that, you know, the tunnel that we came in. You could see daylight, and it got smaller and smaller, and soon, absolute darkness, sheer dark, can't see anything. I mean, nothing. You can see nothing. At that, this young 16, 17-year-old kid is like, is it going to go through the other side? I said, yeah, yeah, it's going to go through the other side. And I'm thinking, ah, oh, Jesus. You know, and we're floating, the spider webs, and we keep going. He says, it's not going to go through. It's just taking forever. I mean, it's taking so long, and we still don't see any daylight. I said, no, no, it is. The stick, it went through. And he just works himself up into, like, this demonic panic. And he's just like, it's not going to go. We're going to die. It's going to come through a pipe on the other side. Now, what, what you don't know is that some of these aqueduct things do end up going through these pipes. And it just starts messing with me. And he starts crying. He's like, we're going to die. We're going to die. So we're not going to die. He's like, we're going to die. And finally, I realized, like, I, I got, like, a spirit of fear. And I realized, oh, my God, we could possibly die. And then I realized, no, it's you. Shut up. Shut up. And I grabbed the kid. And I just went, Psh. Until he stopped. And finally he's all, ah! I said, if you say one more thing, I'm going to hit you again. <laughs> Some people need a slap. Some of you might need one. You get all into fear and, and unbelief and work yourself into a frenzy of, I mean, it's just like bowing down to the enemy. I told him, don't say one more thing. We're going to come through the other side. Just shut up. And so he whimpered. I know that's mean, but can you imagine? We're going to, I felt like I was going to have a heart attack in that tunnel, the utter blackness. And so we floated and it seemed like forever. And then, boom, we saw light. And the light got bigger and the light got bigger. And I told him, look. I said, look, that's light. He said, that light. I said, no, yet yeah, it is. And then soon he's like, that's the light. I'm like, yeah, it's the light. We're going to come through the other side. We get to the other side, we're like, yeah, that was awesome. He's got like this handprint all across his face. <laughs> Bloody nose and stuff. No, he didn't bleed. But in the same way, your courage, your faith can release strength and courage to somebody else. Does anybody else know what I'm talking about? Got to obey the word. Should I tell you one more story? You guys like stories. Can I tell you one more story? I've told it before, but, then, but people liked it in the first service, so I'll just tell it again. I was at Quiznos in the Hawaiian Islands, long line of people. All of a sudden, everybody's aghast at what's happening outside of Quiznos. So I turn around, and it's a knife fight between two high schoolers. And they're trying to, they're trying to stab each other. So I don't know, you know what you're like, but I, I'm sort of, when I see trouble, I find myself, I'm already in it. I'm already in, trying to stop it, trying to rescue somebody out of a car. It's not a thought process. So I find myself, I've left my wallet and my sandwich and everything. So you know I was pretty fired up if I left my sandwich. <laughs> and I raced to this thing and I said, hey! And these kids look at me and I said, not here, not now. I don't know what that's all about, but it, it seemed to work. In fact, their eyes opened up like silver dollars and they, they ran like scalded dogs in both directions. I, I, I just took off. I was just like, yeah. And then I hear this. And if he's not big enough, I am. And there was a seven-foot, I mean, like, pro foot. Anybody seen pro football size? We're not talking about, like, oh, yeah, he's kind of big. No, we're talking, like, freakish. And I, 
I looked around, and this guy is dwarfing me. And he's all, I'm like, yeah. I was like, yeah, go. But it's that way in the kingdom. You gotta get around somebody who's seven. Forget that. You gotta get with God. And when you're with God, then then you can overcome and you can conquer. You can call on his name and he'll show up. He's a lawyer in a courtroom. He's 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 a physician, the great physician. Come on. He's a the great counselor. He can heal, he can deliver, he can set free. He's God Almighty. There's none like him. He's given you his word, he's given you his name, he's given you the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. Can somebody say hallelujah today the same spirit the very same spirit the resurrection power of almighty God you guys all right if God be with you who could be against you obeying the word of God be very strong grace be careful to obey the law we're on two don't turn to the right or the left Don't let the book of the law depart from your mouth. That means he's speaking it. I believe in biblical affirmation. I will tell myself what God's going to do. If I start feeling doubt or start feeling like I need courage, I start speaking God's word over my life and courage wells up deep on the inside of me. So I start feeling hopeless I take authority over that. There is no hopeless situation. There's no such thing. Even death in the grave can't stop you. Nothing. How do you stop somebody that's not afraid of dying? You can't. When you're obeying God's word and you speak it, what's God going to do? Well, what did he say? You take the word and you speak it out. It will strengthen your mind. It will strengthen your physical body. Don't, don't walk by sight. Thirdly, Don't be afraid or discouraged, verse 9. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Don't be terrified. Don't be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. God's not caught by surprise. He isn't. He knows. This is the preparation. This This is Joshua with his coach in the locker room before the game. He's saying, you going over? Moses is dead. You're leading the team now, you understand? And I'm with you. Like I was with Moses, so I'm with you. Just obey the word. Here's the fresh vision. Remind you, here's what it's all about. It's all about souls. It's all about my kingdom. It's all about seeking first my kingdom and my righteousness, and I'm going to add all things to you. That's what it's all about. It's about raising your family, your father, none. He helped you. Now you're going to pass that on, and we're going to see a generation go over into the promises of God and have a great revival. We're going to take the land. Come on, somebody say amen. He's He's coaching him. Did you get something today? Would you come, Minister Micah? Um, Anybody that can play the keys, would you come? Anyone at all? All right, thank you. Lift your hands to heaven. I'm not going to worry. I'm not going to stress. I'm going to pass the test because you're with me. Stand up on your feet all across this place. 
lift your hands and just talk to God. Ask if you're feeling discouragement. Then In Jesus' name, discouragement, I command you to go. Oppression, go. Fear, go. In the name of Jesus. Release fresh vision right now in Jesus' name. Discouragement, anxiety, fear, go. Holy Spirit, come. Prepare us, your people, on this new day, this new season. to cross over every obstacle, every problem, every trial, to see your plan, your vision come about, not only for the church, Lord, but for our families, for this region, for our nation, for this generation, Lord, of Joshua's that are rising. God, we give you praise. In Jesus' name. Come on, someone say amen and put your hands together for God. Every head bowed, every eye closed if you're not right with God. I'm going to give you an opportunity to be reconciled to him. There's a hell to shun and a heaven to gain. If you've not given your heart to Jesus, won't you do that for the first time? If you have, but you drifted, you're not right with God, and you know you need to come home. You've got compromise in your life all across this place. If that's you, pray this prayer with me right out loud. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die in my place and to rise again from the grave for me. Forgive me of all of my sin. Wash me, cleanse me, and make me new. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Let me pray for you. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would touch and fill each and every one. Bring healing. Lord, to those who didn't have fathers, I pray healing to them. Lord, for those who don't feel like they belong, I, I pray that find a place of community here. A place of community, a place of belonging, a place of significance here. You have that for every one of us. I pray break down any wall that would keep people from being a part of the company of, of believers. They're going to go into this new season, this new place, this new land. Discouragement, Go. Release your power upon these, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Don't miss tonight. It'll, it'll start at 6, um, and you don't want to miss it. Bring people. It's going to be one of the most powerful worship experiences I think you've ever experienced. It's going to be tremendous. Amen. Don't miss it. Lord, thank you. Bless your people. Cause your face to shine upon us, God. Lift up your countenance towards us. Be gracious to us. Keep us and give us peace. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Thanks for coming today. We'll see you tonight, 6 o'clock, Wednesday night. Don't want to miss that Holy Ghost night.